Welcome back to the Final Drive Podcast, Episode 5, and Week 3 uh, wrapped up, and we are moving on to Week 4, but looking back at Week 3, what a what a week of football. Uh, so many exciting games, so many good games, and there's one position that really rose above the rest, and I think pretty obviously that that is the kicker. It was the Week of the kicker, we had three game winners, and I guess four if you count the overtime win for the Raiders. And Will is here as well. Yes, sir. Good to be back. And we are going to go over these week three games. And I guess we'll we'll start it off with some of these game winners. The big one being the record-setting 66-yard field goal by Justin Tucker to beat the Lions. Unreal. Um. Hayes, what did you did you see this live? What was your reaction to the to the kick? Unfortunately, did not get to see it live. Um, I was watching the uh, Saints and the Bengals play, um, but I mean, I heard about it, and I was like, I was more so impressed that this record was broken anywhere but in Denver. Exactly. Um, yeah, that was my initial reaction, um, and I just thought that was funny. But I mean, it's like. Uh, people give credit to so much credit to Tucker for making, and obviously like it's a re- record setting 66 yard field goal, which is amazing, but you got to give credit to Lamar for that fourth and 19. He converted yeah. right before that to get Tucker in, even to get him even, even in position to kick that field goal. So hundred mm-hmm. percent. Also, is this the most lions way to lose a football game ever? Yeah. I mean, I really like, what I've seen from the Lions so far, I obviously they are 0 3, but they feel like it, they have a lot more energy than what they have the past few years under Patricia. Mm-hmm. New hand co- head coach, uh, Motor City Dan. Yeah. Um, big <laughs> kneecap Dan. Um, but I mean, even the fact that they were competitive with the Ravens and, um, held them to 19 points and stayed competitive until the final seconds Mm -hmm. just goes to show you how um, improved this team is. Yeah. The way I look at it is that the Lions have played three great halves of football and three terrible halves of football because they were, they almost came back against the Niners in that second half. They were up on the Packers uh, in week two. And, and then the lead going into the end of the fourth against like, the Ravens. It's kind of amazing that they're 0-3. Maybe it's the Calvin Johnson curse. You never know. They have played a tough schedule so far, to be fair. so well, Also that. I'm going to say it's the curse for my own entertainment. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think we have to spend too much time on it, but the other game, another game winner was Falcons-Giants. Uh, you know, cool. Good job, Falcons. Yeah, just a just a game between two really awful teams this year. Uh, good to see the Falcons pick up a win under new head coach Arthur Smith. So tough, tough scene for Daniel Jones. Tough scene. Yeah, there. it's getting it's people getting pretty were, dark. We're pretty high on that team. Not too high, but higher than they've been yeah. the last couple of years, and they've started out zero three. That's it's a, it's a tough scene down there. Yeah, both New York teams, they they gotta that 
They're yeah. feeling out there in New York. Yeah, can we can we talk about that uh, twenty six zero <laughs> routing of the Jets by the Broncos? Um, well, uh, let's go to the uh, the Sunday night game was Packers 49ers. The only thing that I really need to talk about here is uh, that Aaron Rodgers is amazing, and that can we finally put to rest the Aaron Rodgers doesn't care uh, headline? No, he, he he clearly does not care. Um, he's <laughs> trying to lose his. No, I'm just kidding. The, the, how much time is left? Like 36 seconds, 32 seconds. I mean, yeah, 37. You can't leave him with any time. I mean, Uzcheck scored. And, you know, the Niners thought they had it all wrapped up. But, no, you're playing against Aaron Rodgers. You got him sitting on the other side of the field. Mm-hmm. You got to yeah. be ready for anything. And Devontae coming back in the game after taking that vicious hit was um, was really tough and really – I was really impressed with that. Yeah. Um, and I, I just want to say also, I felt like this was one of the worst um, weeks in terms of Refing that I've ever seen. I am across so glad you pointed this out. Across yeah. the NFL, uh, especially in the two primetime games uh, in the back half. So the, the the Packers game and then the, the Eagles-Cowboys game was also terribly officiated. Um, there, were, there was the one where Dak had gotten in, like, clearly, and Dallas challenged it, and it was still ruled not a touchdown, and I was – I don't know. There were some really questionable calls in both of those games. And it was, yeah. it's, it's not a good look for the NFL when that kind of thing happens. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree with you. And I am so happy you brought this up because if you didn't say it, I was going to say it as our next thing. The officiating, I'm just, I echo everything you said. It was terrible. What I look for at specifically is pass interference and like roughing the passer mm-hmm. because. As I was watching the primetime games and I was obviously locked into the Packer game was if there's any contact on the receiver, it just seemed to be a PI. And I have no problem with it if it's consistent, like if it's a okay, yeah, that's a PI, but it's almost like they just kind of throw it up whenever. And the one the the hit that Devante took, it's unbelievable to me, one, that he's not injured right now or in concussion protocol yeah. or, but if you're going to call all of the ticky tacky d- pass interference calls, and you're not going to call the biggest hit maybe of the season so far, like I, I just want to see some consistency and it's frustrating to watch the game. And my dad and I were even joking. We were like, Oh, there's another touch. Oh, is that going to be pass interference? Like, just like just stupid stuff. It's just annoying. Yeah, I mean, the, the NFL's got to tighten up with especially pass interference. I mean, like, as a Saints fan, I hate complaining about the refs because I get made fun of it so often. But um, they need to tighten up with the pass interference rules. They either need to – they have to be more consistent, like you said. Um, and whether that's loosening them and letting the players play or tightening them up, um, which I feel like it was is more likely just because that results in bigger plays and higher scores and more viewership. Um, but yeah, they do need, they need to be more consistent with it no matter what. And mm-hmm. just those two games, is just a terrible look for the league. Yeah. Especially like when, especially when momentum is involved and when the refs become bigger than the actual game itself, you never want to have, you never want to have the story be the penalties. Yeah. Like 
And to have, I feel like almost both games and even like pretty much around the league, it was like you'd have third downs where there was good coverage and there'd be PIs just to, it, it doesn't make, it doesn't really make much sense to me. It's just annoying as a fan watching. Yeah, it it is really annoying. Um, But I think we've, I think we've hit on it well enough. So one Mm. game that I want to talk about, um, is the the Bengals game against the Steelers? Um, just because I was pretty heavily invested in that game. Yeah. Uh, just one is a big Joe Burrow fan, and then two is a, a secondary Bengals fan. But um, I I thought the Bengals played really well. Obviously, like the Steelers lost like three of their receivers to injuries during the game, and they didn't have um, Deontay Johnson going into the game. Um, and so that was that's a really tough scene for them but I mean Big Ben is just not what he used to be at all and the Bengals defense is looking so much better than it has in years past um Burrow's looking sharp Chase is looking like the rookie of the year right now and I think the Bengals are uh looking like they can compete this year I honestly completely agree with you there I was watching the this entire game with uh, with our friend T-Sat uh shout out to McCray's Tavern it's like the Steelers Atlanta like it's the spot to go watch the Steelers game basically. And I have never been in a bar full of people where the Steelers would get the ball and they'd still be completely hopeless for the game. <laughs> that is yeah. how little confidence that even Steelers fans have right now. in Ben Roethlisberger, he, he just, he just looks, he just looks too old. Like he he's stiff when he runs around. He's got like that six second forty speed right now. Yeah, the fact that Tom Brady isn't the slowest quarterback in the league right now is mind blowing. Um, and obviously that title I would give to Big Ben. Yeah, it's honestly like it's fun to watch games like this because the Bengals and the Steelers are pretty much two completely different styles of football and also heading in very different directions. And because I feel like a team like Cincinnati is more, it's younger and it's faster. And you can just see that it's kind of evolving with the game. We've seen that the last two years, the Bengals have really evolved this year. They look miles ahead of where they were last year. And last year they were still doing a similar thing, but not quite as, you know, to the extent that they're running right now. But then the Steelers, I feel like have, they've tried they've tried to be loyal to big Ben and they are being loyal to big Ben, which might, which is hurting them right now. I think, I think with, with them not getting younger at the quarterback position and not getting away from a veteran player, it's hurting them in the long run and is not contemplating the, sorry, not uh, complimenting the young guys like Najee, Juju, Chase Claypool, because when, when Cincinnati let go of Andy Dalton and decided to get rid of the veteran and just really completely refresh get a young quarterback and get the guy for the future. It Pittsburgh kind of didn't do that. You know what I mean? I feel like it's, they were in a similar position. Right. Um, and I mean, to me, it's like the, the Steelers are in such a weird spot right now after coming off what, like the 11 and a start last year, um, mainly due to like schedule and kind of luck, I'd say. Um, yeah. Uh, but I mean, it, they're in such a weird spot in terms of, competing and like be they're kind of like the gatekeepers in my opinion and i think they're trending they are trending 
down now at this point. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like they have so many, they have such a wide range of ages. It's like you've got guys like Big Ben and then you have guys like Najee and it's like on the same offense. And it's like, it, it is like two different styles clashing almost. Um, I feel like, like on both sides of the ball. Um, and yeah. Uh, you're not getting any younger at the offensive line positions or um, the quarterback. And I mean, the Bengals had like four or five sacks against the Steelers. And I mean, it's like they lost Villanueva and it's, um, I don't know. It's just looking rough for them right now. It's, I I don't like where this team is headed. I totally agree with you. And going off what you were saying about the O-line, it also does not help an older O-line to have an older quarterback who's not mobile. Yeah. So, sure. yeah, I mean, it puts so like, much more pressure on the O-line. There was, there's so much on Najee's hair, especially in this game, just because of all the receivers being out. But there's so much on Najee's uh, shoulders right now. And that's a lot to deal with as a rookie. Um, and I applaud him for how he's handling it because he did have a really good game against the Bengals. Um, yeah. But it, it's that's a lot to put on a rookie. Um, and I just think the Steelers need to – I do think they need to go into rebuild mode. I don't, maybe not full rebuild, but like. They need a quarterback. Like they need yeah, a, they need like a they, solid. You need, you need to, you need to bolster the O-line. Um, you know, maybe I think it's time to see all these great players from the, um, from the old Steelers, uh, you know, Super Bowl runs, uh, get a, uh, get the boot um, as sad as it is to say. Um, but you can't hold on to the past. You got to move on. And mm-hmm. um, they, they're, they're looking like the worst team in this division right now. And I, to me, it's not close, but um, to other people, it might be. I mean, obviously, the win against the Bills was crazy, but um, yeah. two straight losses to the Raiders and Bengals is not great. Not great, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to echo everything you said. I guess one last thing that I'll point out before we move on is – um, you did mention like just Najee Harris and how much pressure is on his shoulders. He's almost playing like a running back and a tight end at the exact same time. He's getting like in the <laughs> he had 14 receptions for over 100 yards as yeah. a running back. Like that is ridiculous. And I mean, it's just like that's the kind of back he is. That's the kind of back he's always been is like that hybrid back like a Camara um, where, you know, you'll see the the power runs, but then also a lot of screens, a lot of routes. Um, and I think he has played really well. And I feel like he's dealt with this pressure and like coming into Pittsburgh like that um, with the team, how it is. I felt like he's done a really good job and he's been their offense um, at least like the last, at least this week for the most part. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Mm hmm. Um, why don't we kick it over to uh, Carson Two Sprain Wentz uh, and the Indianapolis Colts and the Titans game, which I thought was pretty interesting because I think the Colts are a team that I want. I want to cheer for them. I, I think they're such a good team. And to see them at 0-3 is just kind of crazy to me. I think that they're just the, the total – the combination of a n- new team – and a very difficult schedule to open up the season because it's always difficult. He, Carson Wentz is almost like a rookie right now because he's in a new system and has to play against extremely difficult competition to open up the season. And I feel like that is the 
is the reasoning for why the Colts are 0-3 right now more than their play right now? Yeah, they've had a really tough um, opening schedule um, for one. And then, I mean, like, personally, I did not watch this game, so I'm looking at the stats now, and I'm like, I'm just noticing, like, a couple things is time of possession. Obviously, Tennessee is going to win that most of the time just because Derrick Henry is a beast. Um, and obviously, he did run all over the um, the Colts this week with 113 yards. Um, and they did give it to him 28 times. Um, but it also looks like Wentz just did not complete a lot of his passes. Um, and it just doesn't look like he was doing as well as he could have. And their offense just couldn't get it going, really. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I don't really know what to make of this game, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. Just an interesting matchup, I think, because I think the Titans were one of those teams that uh, after week one we were kind of concerned with just what they looked like, but they're one of those teams like a uh, – who else? Like a like a Green Bay Packer team that looked terrible week one, but I think has stepped up in the last couple of weeks and like, all right, let's calm down here, folks, sort of. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 like getting back to their, to yeah. their winning ways um, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, same with the Bills, obviously. Um, I'll just hop over to that game because we – we have not seen the Washington defense come alive yet. Like the bills just went out and dominated. Um, And that, that just was not a pretty game Um, that the defense, I I hate saying it would, it's overrated, but it's like right now it's looking like it, like they have so much talent and they still let the bills put up 43 and granted it's the bills, but still, that's still, that's a lot of points for a team that's supposed to be competing for their division title. And that is a ton of points. Yeah. yeah. Josh Allen is a, uh, he, he's back. Yeah. I think we, I think we can say he's back now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's firmly cemented himself back as a top 10 quarterback for sure. Um, yeah. Just want to say shout out to Trubisky completed a hundred percent of his passes this week. He completed hundred percent of his passes. So sh- go. Shout out to him. <laughs> um, um, talking about another team that kind of got killed, but, by the defensive line of the Cleveland Browns is the Chicago Bears. Miles Garrett uh, kind of went off and did whatever he wanted against the Bears. And I'm going to go ahead and call it. I'm calling for Matt Nagy's head if I'm the owner. Uh, I think it's time. I think it's, I think it's time. Get him out of Chicago. I, I don't think this offensive guru that he claims he is, the experiment isn't working. Or it has has not worked either. Nagy is so funny to me because he he he'll criticize his players and their play, and it's his play calling that's like causing the the play so poorly. Um, And obviously, like you were talking about with the Miles Garrett thing, rookie quarterbacks just did not have a good time this week. Um, Oh god! Both both Justin Fields and Zach Wilson were just running for their lives. Um, neither of them have an O-line right now. Poor Zach Wilson. Um, I feel so bad. Yes, it's really sad to see, especially for Zach Wilson. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to the Bears Browns uh Nagy situation, I, I agree with you. I think it is Nagy's gotta be on the hot seat, if not the hottest seat in the NFL right now, aside mm-hmm. from maybe like a um, I would say like a Zach Taylor, but Zach Taylor's actually two and one right now, so um there you go. Yeah, but uh, Nagy has just not 
like you said, he claims to be this offensive guru and it's not, not working. And then he goes out and criticizes his players for playing poorly, but it's his offensive scheme and play calling that causes them to play so poorly. It's so disappointing too, because you have such a dynamic player like Justin Fields, a guy who can really be super damaging with his legs or with his arm. And to see an offense that has no precept, pre-snap motion or just it looks so stale like they look boring when they're out there when you have a guy like Justin Fields who should be like the guy you want to go see like you want to go see Justin Fields run around the field and have crazy crazy plays going on and if it just feels like that nothing is like nothing is centered around him it's you know he, I feel like he's trying to look like Andy Dalton, which is like, like you shouldn't, you should be the quarterback that you were brought in to be. And I'm putting that on Matt Nagy. I'm not putting that on Justin Fields. I just think, like you said, sort of with the bank, uh, with the Bengals, you got to let Justin Fields be Justin Fields. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the Bengals have um, this week, I thought was better in terms of letting Burrow sling it around. Um, but Anyway, we're not talking about them anymore. But, yeah, I agree. I think Fields only got to throw 20 times. And, I mean, a lot of that has to do with um, the O-line being so poor and the pass protection being so poor. Um, but, I mean, you still have to – that that is one of his biggest strengths is scrambling and getting outside the pocket and making those on-the-run throws. Um, and when you've got guys like Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney you, you and David Montgomery, you have to let – him sling the ball around a little bit. I mean, that's like, that's crazy that your top 10 receiver, arguably top 10 receiver has two receptions for 27 yards. Yeah. Like that's, that's wild to me. And Allen Robinson has not um, played well at all. And I don't blame him. I blame Nagy um, and, and the O-line play, but mostly Nagy. So Mm -hmm. it is also tough to win when you have nine sacks against you. Yeah. stuff uh why don't we move it to the probably the best game two super bowl contenders uh buccaneers rams again we say it we've said this every week so i don't know if i need to say it again but my god is matthew stafford the perfect quarterback for the los angeles rams to compliment that defense so well i'm gonna say it's the fourth week in a row i've said it but you know it's great the rams are great uh, shout out to the Rams for, yeah, just doing their thing. Matthew Stafford is, um, I, I would say, a top three MVP candidate right now. Um, I love that take. Yes. Him <laughs> along with Kyler and Carr, I would say, are the three at the top of my list at the moment. Okay. Um, but Stafford and Cup have looked unreal. Especially, like, Cup is in the MVP race right now, I would say, like, at least top 10, maybe even top five, just based off of how the season's going right now. Like, he is playing out of his mind right now. Yeah. Um, and I love that connection between them. Like they, they've played together for three games and it looks like they've been playing for years at this point. And mm-hmm. it's such a breath of fresh air to see Matthew Stafford start out three and oh in his first season with the Rams after going like, after having one three, no season with the lions after what, like 11 years or so. Yeah. I mean, it, it's so good to see him finally be in a winning environment and with a coach like Sean McVay. Yeah. Um, also shout out to them for resurrecting Deshaun Jackson. 
120 yards at a touchdown. He's uh, still got it. He's always he's been a deep threat for feels like two decades at this point. Yeah, for real. Um, I love what you said about Cooper Cup. That dude is on another planet right now. Um, everything is working right now, and you know, looking at just at the Bucks, you know, obviously they don't have to panic at all. They'll be fine. But it's just interesting to see them look kind of flat against a younger and dominant defense like the Rams. It's just interesting to see because I have a very good feeling that this could definitely be an NFC championship game matchup right here. And just it's two championship teams and it's interesting to see them both just where they are right now in the season, the different type of football that they both play. It's interesting to see that the Rams really had this game controlled the entire time. Yeah, um, they they barely led in time of possession, but it's like you, you're right. The defense they set the tone, they set the pace of the game. The Bucks never really had control; they were always playing from behind, and the Rams kind of just took control early and um, ran away with not ran away, but like they had. It, to it felt it. like it, yeah, yeah. Like it did feel like it. Like when you were watching it, you were like, "The Rams, the Rams got this," and they held on and won convincingly. Like, obviously it was only 10 points, but it feels like it should have been more. Um, yeah. And I mean, like, it's not even just about the pass attack. Like you, they're still running the ball pretty well. Um, I mean, when you got Sony Michelle taking 20 carries, that's, that's a good number for him. And for this offense, that's uh, I would say more pass heavy than mm-hmm. running, especially with the injuries to, with the injury to Cam Akers. Yeah, so. for sure. Um, any other games that you really wanted to go over? Um, the only other one that I wanted to talk about was um, Chiefs Chargers. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So this game to me is – I was really surprised by the outcome of this game. Um, I think you and I both had uh, Chiefs winning by a lot here. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I had them winning by a lot, but I had them winning for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean – it's when the chief the chiefs had to play from behind early um and that i think really just hit them hard and the chargers just took control and were allowed to uh run the ball how they wanted to and justin herbert was able to he had that space to throw it around and he got the ball to so many different guys um which you love to see and he 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 outplayed patrick mahomes in this game for sure, I would say. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with you. Uh, those two picks by Mahomes and, yeah, Herbert's stat line is is amazing. Uh, four touchdowns, no picks, and threw for 280 yards. Very, very solid. And one shot's great. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, totally agree with you there. Uh, I was surprised. Um, Herbert looked super mature in the pocket. Uh, and just to go into Kansas City, coming off a loss, especially that team was coming in there fired up, ready to get back in the win column, and the Chargers legitimately took it to them. So I think the Chiefs being one and two is more surprising to me than like the Raiders being three and zero. Um, I can't believe that they're last in the division. Yeah, they're they're last place in the division right now. Um, but I mean, I do think it was obviously the. Herbert Shine and the offense was really good, but 
Um, they took care of the ball. That's one thing that I realized was like the, the Chiefs didn't take care of the ball. They had what, like three turnovers um, and uh, three, three or four, I want to say. Um, and the Chargers, I don't think, had any. Yes, um, they had four. Yeah, four so turnovers, two picks, two fumbles. Yeah, so the Chargers didn't have any, I, I don't believe. Um, no, no turnovers. So that's just that's just a recipe for disaster for the Chiefs. So you got to take better care of the ball if you're Mahomes and if you're um, Edwards Alaire, who's fumbled twice now in the last two weeks. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's all I have to say about this game. Yeah, Props absolutely. To the Chargers for winning this big divisional matchup. Completely agree. It's extremely tough to win a game in the NFL when you lose turnover battles zero to four. Right. So, yeah. Um, but besides that, I've I got nothing else really that I wanted to highlight on. Maybe just that. Uh, shout out to the Panthers for being three and zero. Um. And shout out to Dallas for winning. <laughs> um. One thing that I wanna I wanna do before we go. Um, yeah. This is just kind of – I have my top 10 quarterbacks right now, and this is this is solely based on these first three weeks of play, right? So um, this is going to be – yeah, okay, I'm just going to go. Um, Let's hear it. So number 10, Joe Burrow. Uh, number nine, Josh Allen right now. Um, number eight, uh, Tom Brady. Uh, number seven, we got Russell Wilson. Number six, Dak Prescott. Uh, number five, Patrick Mahomes, um, number four, Kyler Murray, number three, Kirk Cousins, number two, Derek Carr, number one, Matt Stafford. Mm-hmm. That's based off of the three mm-hmm. weeks of play mm-hmm. we've had so far. You got, some, I, you got some good takes and maybe I'm a, oh God, I'm so biased. I am so biased. Can I even say that? Is this like a good take? Let's see. Stat wise, I might. I, I'm putting Rodgers in the top ten. I I would put Rodgers. Rod, it's so hard. It's it's hard. I feel like there've really been so hard. many. There've been so many guys who have played really well and <laughs> terrible. Yeah, you could kind of shuffle around a bunch of them. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it's hard, man. I just kind of came up with that list on the spot, so don't take. Hey, it no, no, no. Yeah, you're good. Uh I, okay, we didn't really we didn't touch on it at all. Derek Carr has looked like the man. Like I have loved he, he's been on um mic'd up. I have loved his leadership on the sideline, and he he looks and plays like an MVP right now. Yeah, I, I feel like everything. not not a lot of people are talking about him right now, and I don't understand that. Um Kyler Murray seems to be getting all of that love when some I and it's totally fair that he is because he's also playing amazing and his team is three. No. And uh, I feel like that, that praise is justified, but you got to show some love to Derek Carr. I mean, his team's three. No, um, his and, team's three. No. And I don't think he has as much of a supporting cast. Yeah, for sure. Um, and he's still, I think leading the league in pass yards at the moment. And one thing that I love about him is that he is truly the face of the Raiders. Right. I think the I think when people think of Kyler Murray and the or just when they think of the Cardinals, they think of the I think of DeAndre Hopkins first. And when it comes to the Raiders, I'm like that is Derek Carr's team. Even though you have extremely talented guys like Darren Waller, 
Um, so yeah, I mean, and- yeah. So Carr yeah. is leading the um, passing yards by uh, about 150. <laughs> wow, that that's surprising. How dominant that is that's that's amazing really yeah um the only reason i would say i i i I could see you taking out like a josh allen in terms of aaron Rodgers, just because josh allen just recently got back in the form um but like aaron Rodgers, that first week was just Uh, he was on something yeah yeah you can't yeah definitely can't ignore that at all for sure um but overall that's pretty much it for me I got. I'm good. Yeah, I thought it was a really good week of football, but yeah, I'm sweet. I had to sweet. Very much looking forward to this coming week. Got some good games, and we will get you guys with a preview of all those games coming up soon, probably on Thursday or Friday. That episode will be out, uh, probably Friday actually. Um, but that's gonna do it here for episode number five of the Final Drive Podcast. Uh, follow us on Instagram at the Final Drive Podcast on Twitter at TFD pod. Uh, listen to us wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, uh, iTunes, wherever. And that's going to be it. We will see you guys later. I think this I'm week. on a whole new level. I think I'm breaking out my mental. I'm finally finding, finding my inner peace, baby. Inner peace, enjoying my company.